If you don't get engaged, you get run over. Welcome to the Morning Stand-Up Podcast, where we come together to share ideas, talk strategies, and discuss all things post-acute care with your hosts, Nick Haluski and Brian McNeil. We're in. We're in. The Morning Stand-Up. Yes, the Morning Stand-Up. Brian, it's nice to see you. I see you too, Nick, as well. It's been, you've been gone. You've been gone the past couple of days. Yeah, I went to DC. It was awesome. How was that trip? Amazing. The company was the best. The co- oh, yeah, I had please some, share. Who were you with? Well, our guest today, Robert, was with me. Hey, okay. Uh, Justin joined me as well. It was, it was awesome. Uh-huh. Well, it was great. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. We got a lot done. Yeah. I don't, have you been to DC? You know, I haven't. Not, not yet. It's freaking cool. Is it? <laughs> I love history. There's so much history. And Robert's been there a number of times. So it's like walking around with him. He's like an encyclopedia. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's just cool. I mean, it's where the seat of the government is, is where things happen. There's an energy. It's, it's awesome. It's pretty cool. I saw some famous politicians. Justin doesn't know who anybody is. And like, I was fan girling out. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's Cory Booker. Oh, that's Lauren Boebert. Oh my gosh, that's Katie Porter. And he's like, I don't know who any of these people are. That's but, how, that's definitely how I would be. Really? I, I'd be like, I don't it know. was cool. It was fun. It was fun. But, uh, were you able to get any uh, selfies? Uh, not with them. I didn't want to, I don't know. Hey, Bobert. Yeah, I felt you know, weird about it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, timely because this week we're doing our monthly State of Idaho update. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Robert, for joining us again. Robert's joining us again. So, Robert and I just got back from NAC in Washington, D.C. We were uh, lobbying legislators on the Hill. There's some proposed home health cuts that are going into effect January 1st, and we were asking them to please support a bill that we have okay. that would delay those cuts. It doesn't eliminate uh-huh. the cuts, but it delays the cuts. So, that was... Uh, that was fun. I, I, that was fun. I have a, a much greater appreciation for the legislative process and for what Robert does on a daily basis. So, so were they genuinely interested in what you were there to... They were. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's like that every time, but this is kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that, that... Anyways, I won't I won't go into the wonkiness of it, but yeah. it's, it's a no-brainer. There is a political component to it that I think they have to navigate, but everybody was supportive. Republicans, That's Democrats, great. there's nobody opposed to it. So, so for all you home health people... Hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. They, they assured us that in the second half of December is when they'll probably get this bill passed, but we definitely got some good traction. So thanks for the invite, Robert. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. And we can't just wait and hope that it happens. We have more work to do for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. We should send something out after this, but contact your representatives. Bug Absolutely. the heck out of them. Yep. Sometimes they just count emails. Really? Say, say we have 700 emails on this. We better do something. Oh. Put it in our newsletter. Definitely vote yes. Yeah. Put our name on the bill. Seven emails. Yeah. Okay. We saw Justin Robert. Oh, well. Yeah. But 700 emails will, will, will drive some action. So on that, on that note, in your monthly update, you talked about pack checks. Uh, can you describe a little bit for me what a pack is? Cause I was in home health and hospice. We have a pack. But it's different than what you're talking about. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so a PAC in Idaho and in Congress is a political action committee. Mm-hmm. So in Idaho, the Idaho Healthcare Association has a PAC, political action committee. We raise money from our members. So at every January, when you see an invoice from us, it will include the thousand for a home care, home health agency, be a thousand dollars plus $250 for our PAC. The $250 is voluntary. Not everyone pays it. Most do. And, and then that accumulates between all of our members and we have twenty or $30,000 to spend to write checks to candidates who are running for Idaho seats. 
can't use that money in federal seats for Congress or a president or someone. When you say you can't, so like Fulcher or Crapo, we could we can't use that money for them. Exactly right. Okay. Crapo's coming here later. We'll talk about that right. in a minute. Right. But yeah, we can't give that to Crapo because it has to be a federal PAC. Mm. Biggest difference between those two is Idaho allows corporate money. So your agency or facility could actually write the check to our PAC. And almost all of them are facility corporate money. And what's the point of a PAC? It allows entities to contribute more than the individual cap that a, an individual can contribute to a candidate? Good question. I think the main point is that we can all accumulate. Mm. If everyone gets $25 checks from 100 individuals, that's really hard to get 100 different individuals. We as a PAC can get 100 individuals mm-hmm. and send one bigger check they don't have to do as much work. Got it. So they really work with associations. They trust us. We're their best friend right now. Yeah. They want to work with us and really good conversations with Democrats, Republicans, conservative, moderate. And and right now they're trying to convince us that they see it our way. When we have elections, obviously between now and November, we talked about this last time, but and we'll probably talk about it again the next time. It's just really important. These are the individuals who are going to be deciding our Medicaid rates essentially for the next few years until the next election cycle. So getting to know them, getting in front of them, having them understand what we do is important. Absolutely. The average candidate and certainly average legislator probably doesn't really understand the difference between Medicare, Medicaid, skilled nursing, home care, but they're really on the target to try to learn now. They're drinking from a fire hose when the legislative session starts. They're on three different committees. They're hearing everything from agriculture to airspace to everything. Yeah. And they're just trying to make quick quick decisions. They can't really, in my opinion, do a deep dive on anything unless it's their passion. But they have time right now to take a deep dive. Tell me exactly where the red tape is, where the obstacles, what are you trying to do? How can I help you? They don't have time to have that lengthy conversation, I, I don't think, during the session. Well, I, one thing I did in California, <clears throat> we had Senator Feinstein's office come to our hospice agency. They did a tour, and we had a veteran on service who's on hospice service for us. And we arranged a pinning ceremony for him. He's a World War II veteran. And for his family, that was like an amazing experience, right? But also for us, we built a relationship with her office. And moving forward, I mean, it's not like... They called all the time, but they would get our opinion on things uh, that were coming before them for her, the Senate. This can be a similar type of opportunity for us, either facilities, skilled nursing, assisted living, home health hospice, to get these candidates in, do a tour. Like you said last time, many times these are the largest employers in these cities, especially in the rural communities, uh, but get on their good side so that when we advocate for Medicaid, because they don't understand necessarily how it works, they at least have some emotional context, even if they don't quite get all the mechanics of it. It's all about relationships. They have to know you and trust you. And now's the time to develop that relationship. Everyone's going to approach them after the session started with their handout yeah. saying, I need something from you. Well, they need something from us now. And so it's it's not fake to give a check, but to say, we care about you. You seem to have our interests in mind. We share common interests. Yeah, we would love to help you get elected. That's developed. That's the start of a relationship. So in our system, it doesn't buy a vote, but it buys you time. When they've got 18 people wanting lunch with them the day before a vote, we've given a check to them. They've toured your business. They understand you. They trust you. Yeah, They'll give you the opportunity to eat lunch with them the day before a vote. And say, hey, this is why this is important to someone in your district, a facility, an agency in your district. And let me paint the picture. Medicaid, especially for our industry, is just such a huge payer source. And these are the individuals who are deciding mm-hmm. how we're going to be reimbursed. The average American is sick of politics. 
Yeah. It's too far right. It's too far left. There's too contentious. It doesn't seem like we're getting anything done for the good of the country. But the system is what it is. And if we just check out and say, hey, I hate politics, so therefore I don't even want to talk to a politician, someone else is going to talk to the politician and tell their story. And then wastewater disposal will be on their mind <laughs> yeah. rather than rather than healthcare. So we've got to help them understand. This is kind of the seat I played for the longest time. It's just what impact really can I make? I mean, the politicians are going to do whatever they do. And I, I just need to take care of our residents and make sure our employees are happy. And that, that's kind of the stance I've, I've taken. You know, um, if we want to have more resources and better rules to take care of the residents, to have uh, the financial ability to do what we're trying to do, this is the real system if you get engaged. Yeah. If you, if you don't get engaged, you get run over and, and, and the attention goes somewhere else. It's a good point. Pack checks. You uh, you alluded to it earlier. IHCA is hosting a, an event for Senator Crapo, correct? Yes. Is that with Senator Crapo and Senator Risch, or is it just Senator? Just Senator Crapo. Can you tell us a little, a little about it? If if the Republicans take the Senate, it's probably 50-50 right now that the Republicans take the Senate. If they do, he will be the chairman of the Finance Committee, which has jurisdiction over Medicaid and Medicare spending, mm. which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So he's already the ranking committee, which means the minority party. He's the top dog in that committee from the minority party. If he becomes a majority, then he's chair. And a chair of a committee gets to decide what we're going to talk about. You know what I didn't appreciate until we were there this week? Senator Crapo is probably one of the top 10. I would probably say top five, but I'm going to be safe. Top 10 most powerful members of the Senate. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and you're well, like, you're like, oh, Idaho. Yeah. You know, we're one of the smaller states. I mean, he's, he just said it. He's the ranking member on the on the Senate Finance Committee, which is one of the most powerful committees. Wow. Uh, anyways, so this is... Uh, an incredible opportunity. He's a huge champion for us. He has been. He's great. Loves our industry, loves what we're doing, mm-hmm. totally gets it. I mean, he's smart. He understands the political nature of what they're trying to deal with. So so bankers, mm-hmm. financial planners, all things finance are, are hoping that he becomes chair too, because oh, yeah. he, he's mm-hmm. advocate, advocating for them and a champion for them. Mm-hmm. But those who are trying to make it on Medicaid, he really cares about us too. So back to your point, we do have a, a fundraiser. It's pretty rare to have a fundraiser for him in our industry, in Idaho, in a skilled nursing facility. Yeah, it's at Cascadia, Boise? Yes. Is that right? Yep. So we'll send invites out. Mm-hmm. The invites have to be approved by his office, so I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm chomping at the bit to get them. But again, because it's a federal election, you can't use corporate money. So it's got to be a personal check, which is more painful, but that's the rules. We think it's going to be a $250 uh, pay to play, one dinner. But this is the chance to get his attention, and he's raising money every weekend from somewhere, and and we need to be on that list of. of Brian folks. drops that at a dinner regularly, right? Two hundred fifty. Two hundred fifty. Um, yeah. If I it's don't, cheap if I don't get the lobster, <laughs> yeah, then, then usually I can keep it in the two hundred fifty mark. Well, I was just thinking to myself at Cascadia Boise. Uh, this food is going to be catered in, or are we going? <laughs> you know what's awesome is the facility on top of providing uh, three meals and snacks to the residents. Sure. They said, why would we cater it? We believe in our food and <laughs> okay. our staff. They don't have enough staff like everyone, I'm sure. sure. But they're like, yeah, why would we cater that out? We can do it better than anyone. So they're doing it themselves. That's cool. So impressed okay. with that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep. And they have a great uh, food service manager they that's going to yeah. cool. hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah. Cool. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. And maybe even further drive home the the experience of that night of, hey, this is food that came from hands who serve the residents each and every day. Yep. Same kitchen. It is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of cool. Yeah. So super excited that they would take that on. 
we, we debated, do we bring a hundred people and have a whole bunch of bankers and other people? And we decided, no, let's just keep this in post-acute care. Now the pressure's on us to get 50 people in post-acute care to reach the budget that uh, we've committed to. Okay. But I think it's doable. To hit that 50 mark, how, I guess just reach out to yourself. Is, yeah, is look for the invitation. Okay. If you don't get one, ping me and, and I'll be glad to send it to you. Invitations will come out via the, the email that goes out to yeah, all the members? Yeah, I'll send emails. Okay. We'll send a, a snail mail copy. Okay. But then we're looking for 10 or so plus individuals to be sponsors or co-sponsors with Cascadia Boise. Mm-hmm. $2,500 for a sponsor. That'll get you the list of, uh, on the list of everything we do about, uh, about sponsoring the event. Mm-hmm. Maybe introduce yourself. Uh, most of the, most of the night is on Senator Crapo and sure. he'll answer questions and talk about right. what he, uh, cares about. He'll a- allow us to ask questions, but sponsors, we need sponsors to help actually make the event happen. Just to wrap it up, reach out to those legislatures, right? Reach them out, get them out to your facilities and your needs because the relationships are important now. Yep. Let me add to that. Um, in probably a quarter of the legislative races or the districts, there isn't an incumbent. So I wouldn't call them legislators. I would call them candidates. Candidates. Ah, uh, okay. And, Thank and, you. Yeah. And, and there are some Looney Tune candidates out there that are not going to win. Uh-huh. But um, if you want to get to know the the top Democrat, well, now it's the top Democrat, top Republican, maybe Constitutional Party. But it's a shorter list now that's the general election. But many of those folks, probably a quarter of the legislature is going to be entirely new. They've mm-hmm. never served before. Mm-hmm. So they really do trust lobbyists. But they trust their members. I mean, they trust their constituents. Who's speaking up? Who seems like yeah. they're not just the the crazy person calling them every other day on on their on their leaky uh, you know drain pipe or something? Sure, right. But but who seems to be involved? Credible? Now's the time to make that relationship for sure. Yeah. Those are local races. Mm-hmm. But then we have uh, federal candidates that are running. Senator Crapo's running for re-election. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing a uh, fundraiser for him in October. Mm-hmm. The, you know, two weeks later, he'll be uh, on the ballot box. Rish? Uh, Rish isn't running for re-election? No, they stagger them. Okay. Six-year terms. So maybe in two years or four. I'm not sure which. Cool. A House of uh, Representatives run every two every years. Every two years, yeah. Yep. The reason we were back in D.C. was to advocate for a pause for these home health cuts. Yep. So back to the emails. If you'll put a link in the mm. show notes about please uh, send an email to your House or Senate, U.S. House or or Senate member, uh, that, that asking them to vote for these bills. There's a House bill and a Senate bill. That that does almost as much as our visit does. We, we need 700 emails going to each office saying yeah. – and it doesn't matter if you're a home health or not. If you're a skilled nursing, you, having a good home health option for your residents so they don't bounce back to the hospital, yeah. that's critical. Yeah. We should all care about these cuts. Okay. That's good. I like that's it. good advice. We're all in this yep. together. We are all in this together. Thanks, Robert. It's good yeah, to see you again. Thank you, Robert. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. That concludes today's morning stand-up. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. 